Hi everyone, welcome to the Edison Books podcast. I'm Neil Delstrother and today I'm really delighted to be interviewing Edison author John Matthews. Uh, not least, because John's just got a fascinating background, really. He's been practic a practising showman for over 30 years and is a leading authority on Celtic traditions and legends and the tarot. He's been a full-time writer since 1980 and, and appears to be amazingly prolific, producing over 100 books on myth, fairy, Arthurian legends and the Grail studies. He's devoted much of the past 40 years to the study of Arthurian traditions and myth in general and has acted as an advisor on several motion pictures, including Jerry Buckheimer's King Arthur. But most relevant today is the author of a number of successful divinatory oh. systems based on early spiritual beliefs, not least the Spirit of Nature Oracle, Ancient Wisdom from the Green Man, and Celtic Ogam Tree Alphabet. And that's what we're going to be chatting about today. So, John, are you there? I am. Hello. <laughs> yeah, hi. It all feels we've had a bit of a chaotic couple of days of trying to get in touch with each other, haven't we? So... Um, we rather have, yes. It's nice to finally sit here and talk to you properly. It, it is. I think that's why my tongue isn't quite in, right in my mouth. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you've had um, a really fascinating background and really into sort of amazingly interesting, rich subject matter. And I'm just wondering, how did you get into that? What was your history? Of that? Well, first of all, I had the misfortune to be born psychic, ah. uh, which means that throughout my childhood, I was always seeing things that other people couldn't see and constantly being told by my, my mother that I had too much imagination um, and that little man over there wasn't really there. It was just in my head. And I suppose I never wow. thought about it as being odd. Uh, it just seemed normal. And um, I just was drawn inevitably, I think, to reading um, about these things, reading about magic, reading about... Um, spiritualities of various kinds uh you know from from the age of 15 onwards i was an omnivorous reader of everything i could lay right. my hands yeah i mean it, i mean there must have been a certain amount of i don't know would it have been loneliness then if you if there weren't people who you could relate to about this stuff or is it yeah know? i was a fairly lonely child i was an only child and my parents were separated so you know i was with my mother who was not perhaps the best mother in the world and um you know i had a lot of time on my hands and it took me a long time to persuade her to let me join the library. But once I did, I found many friends in books. Oh, that's wonderful. Eh? I also wanted to ask you, actually, we'll get onto the cards and the, the pack in a minute, but actually something that's always strikes me when I drive around the country and, you know, the way we move is so quick across this sort of ancient land and it, you don't get the depth, do you? And I, I wonder whether... You know, that also, where did you get that sort of rich experience of the land? Well, the land has always been very important to me. I mean, I was born in the, on the outskirts of London and grew up in London, so I didn't really see it enough uh, as a child. We'd have occasional outings. A treat was to go and see my dad, right. my absent father, um, you know, and we, he was down in Sussex, so I'd get to see a bit of Sussex landscape. Yeah, I know it well. Yep. And one of my earliest um, experiences, in fact, when I was a teenager, was going to a hill, um, which I probably shouldn't name, um, in Sussex, and discovering an ancient group of um, uh, practicing people there who some people would have called witches, but in fact, they were much older than that. And mm -hmm. uh, in one of those weird coincidences that are no coincidences, it, ah, I can't speak. <laughs> yeah, which gets catching. We've both got the wrong teeth. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, uh, one of the one of the coincidences that was no coincidence was arriving at a certain place at a certain time, and you know being asked to join this group. 
which I did, and that was where my first uh, initial training in what I would now consider to be shamanism, although they didn't call it that either. They didn't really have a name for right. it. It's just magic. Um, and that was really where, where things wow. began. Then it, then it was reading, and then it was joining the library, and then it was becoming a librarian, which was my career for nearly 40 years, um, and reading everything I could lay my hands on, and at the same time writing at night, and weekends, and on days off, and any moment I could find. Um, and I met my, my wife, uh, as she is now, Kathleen. I met her also through the library, and we discovered we had a common interest in all of these things, and ended up writing books together. Isn't that beautiful? And, and uh, I dare say you're not very keen on the cuts to the libraries in that case, because it's uh, a nightmare. No, not really. Well, no. I mean, they, nobody seems to realize anymore what an enormously wonderful resource they are, because, uh, you know, to be able to go in and look at any old book for nothing yes. and take it home for nothing, you I know, know. Um, is, is, is such an amazing thing, you know. And if you don't have enough money to buy the lovely new books that you see in the bookstore, then, you know, there's the library and it's also a resource for information absolutely i mean it's fantastic and uh, and um we could go off on the tangent of the libraries but let's come back to your pack because obviously in part of the countryside part of your background part of your felt sense for things is trees that's a very strong feeling i get um you know fr from the from the packs and the, the actual cards in the pack this sense of, sense of trees and their, their their meaning is it for you or is this a, just a general meaning that they have um, I think they have a general meaning, but for me, forest particularly has always been a very special image as well as a reality. I mean, you know, I went to the New Forest and to various little places around Devon, a place called Wisman's Wood, which right. is very magical. Um, some of the oldest trees in the country grow there. Hmm. And you can get lost in a forest, even if it's only a small one. And yeah. I often walk... Uh, out in the morning, I often go for a walk here. Um, five minutes from here is Magdalen Wood, um, where I live in Oxford, and uh, it's a, it's it's a tiny little piece of woodland with houses and roads on all sides. But when you get inside it, suddenly it's quiet, and the trees are there, and the trees will speak to me if I'm lucky. And uh, it's always I've always felt that relationship to the land. I mean, all shamanism from whatever part of the world comes out of the land. Yes, I mean, I'm wondering, and when you say the, the trees speak to you. How would you describe the language that you hear? Well, I mean, as with all of these things, when you work with spirits, which I do a lot as a shaman, I hear it either in pictures or in actual ordinary speech. Right. So okay. I say they talk to me, I hear them as if they were you and I were talking. Okay. But I know that that's not their language. I know that that's just what I'm hearing. Uh, yes, I mean, I, I feel it's not... I'm, I'm, I don't know what language, if there is a language even. It's, it's a kind of imagery. It's a kind of imagery that turns itself into words. It's yeah. actually quite yeah. hard to describe. Yes. Uh, I, mean, I guess it's heard it's, more by the body than by the ears, in effect, is it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, do you find that different types of trees have a different uh, temper to their language? Is there, is, there, is there something different between the types of trees or individual trees otherwise? Well, they have a different energy, I think. I mean, you know, it's not accidental that we have a certain amount of symbology to do with trees. You know, oak trees are associated with strength, and they have a slow, strong, ponderous way of speaking, kind of like Treebeard in Lord of the Rings. Yes. I feel very strongly whenever I read that book, which is one of my all-time favorite books, um, yeah. is that, it, that when, when, when I get to that bit, uh, I absolutely resonate with it. 
And I know that Tolkien's view of the natural world was very much like mine. He felt it was threatened, as it still is, of course, even more so today. Yes. And, uh, you know, he, won, he, he, he just connected with that in some way, you know. Yeah. And I feel the same. Well, I mean, having looked through, you know, your, your book and the and the cards with it, I mean, you get a strong feeling of that. I mean, I actually really love the way it's produced and the and the cards. And I picked okay. a few cards and just got a really nice sort of energetic feeling from it. I just, it's beautiful to connect us with trees, isn't it? It really is. Well, I mean, how how the deck came about, just to, to give you a little bit of sure. background on this, is that I had written a book called The Green Man, The Quest of the Green Man. Yeah. And this was a study of this very ancient figure from the natural world. I mean, the green man is probably the oldest archetypal figure that we, we know about. Sure. And he's everywhere. I found him in Brazil. I found him in New York. I found him in cathedrals, um, in uh, ancient stone circles. I mean, wherever you look, there are, all over the world, there are carvings that yes. represent the spirit of nature. There's one on my wall, in fact. And they, well done. Uh, here, I'm surrounded by several green man heads um, as I talk. Um, um, basically, I'd written this book, and uh, uh, Edison Saad, with, with whom I, as they were then called, um, asked me if I would be interested in doing some kind of deck, some kind of oracle about uh, about based on trees, based on the green man. And I said, well, yes, I would. Uh, what do you have in mind? And they said, well. You've worked with Will Worthington, the artist, several times. Will has been painting pictures of trees with faces for years. Yes. How does that grab you? Well, of course, I immediately went, let me see some. And, of course, this is what, you know, most of the cards in the deck came from, you know, Will already having painted them. Well, when you and look at, when you look at um, trees, you sort of see faces, can't you? You can, you can, and I mean, that's what he's done, and he's hidden faces. If you look through the deck, you'll see that there are faces hidden in every single one of them, some more obvious than others, and this is what I was given to look at, and I thought, wow, this is it. This is absolutely um, what, what, what we want here, uh, and so I set about constructing a system, and the, one of the things that I'd already done some work and some research on was the idea of the OM alphabet, Yes. Um, basically, this doesn't actually date back any further than the 18th century. Oh. Uh, the first OM alphabet written out anywhere um, was by um, a man called O'Donnell, an Irishman, um, who wrote a book, a very mysterious old book, and he, he basically codified the trees into this alphabet form. Now, he was basing it on something much older, and that is that in the Irish language, tree names are often given two letters of the alphabet. Right. So it's not really an alphabet in its entirety because there are less trees than there are letters. Right. So a few had to be added. So basically the, the, OM, the OM alphabet, as we now understand it, is not really a tree alphabet at all, it, and, or does, wasn't before the 18th century. But what we do have, OM was originally uh, a, a form of alphabet that was used to make inscriptions on stone. Okay. So if you look at these ancient stone, stone, standing stones, you'll often see uh, a line that's been carved, and, and then there are other lines crossing it or going off from one side or the other. This is actually the original OM alphabet, and it was usually just used to say, this is my boundary, I own this land. I suppose you'd say today, get off my land. Um, <laughs> yeah. Marks the spot, if you see what I mean. Okay, and this and this relates to the pack in what way? The, each of the cards is part is a letter in effect. Of each this of the cards represents a letter and a tree. Yeah. 
Also, um, throughout the Middle Ages, there were a number of alphabets created, and they were not tree alphabets, but they were an other kind of oem, where the bards, the Celtic bards, would consider that a certain thing or object meant a letter. Yep. So you have pig oem, for instance, you have face oem, you have knee oem, and you could make signs with your hands Ah. Uh, on against the, the using for instance your shin bone as a line you could lay a hand on your knee looking quite casual and send a message to someone usually it was the you know the lord of this place is really mean don't bother making songs for him that ah. kind of so it was used to 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 create messages and it became known as the dark speech so so are you able to speak in this language no, it doesn't have. It's not pronounced. It's not. It's not a language in the sense that we would understand it. This is why I, I use the term very carefully because um, you know you can't speak Oem. You can only write it. You, when I was working on the King Arthur movie for Jerry Bruckheimer a few years ago, um, they'd made a, a, a sword. They made the Excalibur for for their King Arthur. Yes, and yes. Um, when it was shown to me, it had Saxon runes on the blade. And I looked at this and I said. Guys, who is King Arthur fighting? Uh, the Saxons. So I said, why have you got Saxon runes on his sword then? And they went, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. What can we, <laughs> what can we put on? So I said, oh, um, and I got, I rang up um, Kathleen and I said, uh, can you write out something in Oam that we can put on the sword? So she did, and she wrote Defender of the Land. That's what it says. That's a secret, because that's you, nobody knows that, but that's what it says. Ah, isn't that fantastic? <laughs> we have a world that. exclusive. A world exclusive. <laughs> there you are. It's out at last. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And so, so I want to just bring us right back to the cards. If I'm, if I'm going to use them, it's, I mean, it's an oracle. Um, how, how would I use them, and what am I using them for exactly? Well, how would you use them yourself, perhaps? Well, I mean, they are essentially like any oracle there for answering questions. Um, and it's always very important that you get the question right. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, whether you're using tarot or any kind of oracle, you, you should avoid asking either or questions like, you know, should I marry Bert or Fred? Right, yeah. Okay. Should I go with et cetera, et cetera? You know, should I go on the left-hand path or the right-hand path, whatever? Yes. Um, what you do is you try to phrase your question in such a way that there is only one answer, if you see what I mean. So it's not an answer, yes or no. It's yes or no, but not both. Um, so having decided what your question is, you then have the option of drawing one card, three cards, eight cards, as many as you like, really, that you need to uh, to get an answer. Yes. And in the book which accompanies the deck, uh, you get some brief meanings for each one. Yes. And so let's take, for instance, um, you know, if you, you picked out the blackthorn tree, uh, which on the old alphabet, the, the, the OM alphabet is strafe, um, and you're, you have a little one-line answer, which is what we call green man wisdom. Yeah. Magic's everywhere, okay? Yes. And it tells you underneath that, it gives you some suggested ideas as to how maybe you should just <clears throat> tune in more. Maybe you should just be more aware that magic is real and is around you. And then it gives you some ideas and some lore about the plant itself, which all helps to form a picture. Yes. So you say you've got three of these cards in a row and you can do, you know, the traditional thing, which is past, present and future. Or you can just have the three to read and read them like a story. So they actually give you an answer 
to your question. Oh, that's very, very beautiful. And you could, I mean, you could obviously use it once a day or 10 times a day Abs or once a month or whatever you want to use them, presumably. Well, absolutely. And I provided something called the Wheel of the Year in the, um, in the book, again, which tells you what times of the year particular plants flower, uh, flourish most strongly, you know, when the evergreens, obviously, or the other kinds of things. Um, you know, and, and from that, you... Uh, you can then decide that you, for instance, want to choose a particular, let's say I'm looking at holly at the moment, tinna on the alphabet, uh, and that would obviously maybe a, a significant one for this time of year. Yeah. Um, and you can choose it for yourself. For instance, suppose you had a question about feeling weak, feeling your energy is low, not, not able to cope very well, then you might pull out oak, right, which okay. you've always had an association with strength. Hearts of oak are our men, etc. You know. And would you would you suggest it would also be good to sit with an oak, perhaps in real well, life? Well, so. that of course is is even better if you can do that, and in a sense, you don't need the card then. Um, but uh, I mean, I like the idea of having this because ultimately, these are made of cardboard paper, which yeah. of course comes from trees. Yes. Ultimately, so in fact, when you hold a bunch of these in your hand, you're actually holding part of a tree or lots of trees, which is a way, and I think, is the way of looking th through into it. Yes, it's a um, yes, it's a lovely way. Although, I suppose my yeah, I, I have a sort of feeling because one of the things that concerns me is the sort of utter destruction of trees that's going on. Oh yes, you it's know. Awful. It's absolutely awful. I mean, you know, we live in a, you know, a suburb of Oxford, right on the edge, uh, and five minutes one way we're in the country, which is very nice. But we also live in in a town, and you know, every time um, a house gets empty, it's usually taken over for, for multiple occupancy, mostly by students. And the first thing they do is cut all the trees down. I know it's bizarre. Yeah. And, it really is. It's like, so you want to park six cars in that drive? Okay, fair enough. But why cut the trees down in the back garden? You're not going to put anything in there. So, you know, it's awful. Yeah, no, I, I find it gobsmacking, really. Take, take that around to the more positive. We're talking about what, you know, okay, so this is going on. But what is it we can learn from trees? I mean, at one point you talk about trees as nurses. You talk about this sort of tradition of, of, of hearing the whispers of trees. What is it that, you know, essentially that we can learn from trees? Oh, I think, well, of course, the main thing is patience, because trees grow very, very slowly. You know, I think back to Treebeard again. If you remember in the book, in, in The Lord of the Rings, Treebeard always speaks very, very slowly. Yes, yes. And, you know, it can take hours to have a conversation, because they develop slowly. Trees develop very slowly. Um, and I think that gives you always that sense of, don't be in such a hurry. Time will wait. Time will hang. You can do things without having to have them done instantly and because we live at the moment in a world where everything has to be instant um you know nobody's got any patience anymore no you know yeah. you know what i mean you're driving driving down the road and everybody's honking at you because you're only doing the speed limit yes you know? and it's like i'd rather get there in one piece than get there five minutes quicker yes i mean i've done a little bit of shamanic uh, work myself and you know sat out with trees and stuff and part of it is also just this sense of presence yes you know and obvious yeah. rootedness you know well they have real they have real character you know i mean you know the other way that you can work with these cards of course is simply pull one out and sit there and just sit with it and look at it yes. look at the tree what do you see in the image and when you really get your when you really get to look very carefully i'm still looking at oak here and oak this card has a most amazingly very clear face in the in the bowl of the tree itself. 
But then you start looking at it and you see that the roots have got faces in them too. And there are other shapes hidden in there. And, you know, before you know where you are, you're off, you're gone. You're in that, in that place somehow. It's, it's, yes, it is. It's a portal. I mean, I know also shamanic workers quite often they're away into the lower world, aren't they, or the higher world and so on. Well, the inner world, certainly. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think Will's paintings, I, I, you know, I, I acknowledge totally the fact that Will's paintings were amazing. Yes. And without that, I could not have done the same job. You know, I mean, oh, they spoke for me. All I had to do was sit there and look at the pictures and go, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, it is a lovely pack. I really like I mean, probably, you know, I'm, I'm a, I suppose a sucker for the natural uh, stuff. But it's got a beautiful nature feel to it, which is oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to ask you one thing, though, because I didn't ask you. You were talking about this not yes, no question. I wonder whether you could just give me an example of the sort of question you might ask them. Oh well, I mean, let's say, let's just say, suppose, um, suppose you're having trouble at work. Um, you know, you're having trouble with a particular person who's always on your case, and you know, making life as hard as possible for you. Then you you might ask a question which would be something along the lines of, "What help is available to for me to deal with this?" Right. So it's a sort of open question. question. It's a kind of open question in that way because. All, all shamanic work, and basically this is in some senses a shamanic deck, um, it's all about looking for help, for looking for, for strength, for support, for energy, uh, for life force. All of those things are present, especially in the trees yes, and through yes. the green man. And of course, you know, we haven't really talked much about the green man, but you can invoke him anyway there's a little thing to uh, to help you suggestions as to way you, as to you possibly making a little shrine yes get pictures get you know put some of the cards around it you know light a candle call upon the green man for your strength and, and the green man you know i suppose i don't know whether you seem personified or whether it's really symbolically just the energy of nature is it that sort of wild vital energy I think it's both. I mean, I think, yes, he definitely does. Uh, you know, the, the energy you feel is definitely from that. But, I mean, if you, I mean, I, as I mentioned, you can find them in the most extraordinary places, yeah. these carvings of the Green Man. I found loads on really the older buildings in New York. I mean, that's all amazing, up, isn't it? Maybe, maybe sort of 15 floors up. So you don't almost know they're there unless you have a long lens camera or a pair of binoculars. And then you look and you see that these things carved on into the stone and set up there just as they were uh, were and still are in the cathedrals of Europe and Britain. You know, it's yes. like, um, you know, they, it's like they're watching in a way. I've always loved the fact that, you know, when uh, when Christianity did its very best to stamp out everything pagan, um, it, it made its churches look like forests of stone, very deliberately, right. I think. Because ah. to say we've captured that energy, we've got it, it's in, in, in our church now, and those trees have not got any life in them any longer because, you know, they're in here. But if you look up right to the roof of the, chur of the churches and cathedrals, which would not have been visible yes. to the sitting down there until electric light came in. So from the Middle Ages onward, for instance, no one would have known those things were there except the, the builders of the cathedrals who put them there. And there are all these wonderful carvings, some in stone, some in wood, and they're usually sticking their tongues out or thumbing their noses or gurning, you know, down at the congregation below. Yes, it's amazing. It's fantastic, I think, actually. Although I'm not sure I should say that, but it is amazing. Yes, I know, actually, in um, St. James's in Piccadilly, where the alternatives do speaking there, there are some green men on the in the wood piece there as well, I know. It's... Uh, 
you know, really amazing. That it, well, there's, there's a great quotation, actually, that I put in the book and which I always love. And it's actually by the Roman author, second century Roman author, Tacitus. And he says, it is wise to listen to the voices of trees, for they tell us much that we might otherwise forget. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Long memories. Yes. Um, one, you haven't got much more time, unfortunately, but I just wanted to ask you, green man, yes. What about the green woman? Is there not a green woman? Is there no sort of yin and yang? Well, there is and there isn't. I mean, I know I'm often asked this question, and it's always it's it's always a slightly embarrassing one, especially at the, in in this day and age. Yeah, um, there are green women, but they are very few and far between. Um, and I don't think it's because most of the people who carved them were men. I don't think they were just being misogynistic. Right. I think that for most people at that time, and going right back in time, they saw nature as masculine. Yes. Weird, because we have Mother Nature, well, don't we? Hmm? Sorry? We we talk about Mother Nature quite often. We do nowadays, but we didn't always. I think we see the world, perhaps, you know, as feminine. But the nature, when you see it, I mean, it's it's kind of a contradiction, isn't it? Because yes. it's all about growth, uh, you know, and, and all of that, the, all of the things that come from that. But uh, it's true. There, are, If you look around at the carvings, you know, I've personally been compiling a list of these and we're up to thousands right of, of green men and there are probably only a couple of dozen green women well okay uh, so it's the time it's not that they're not there it's simply they aren't there we'll you have know? to call out for some new ones then for a bit of balance but Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway look um i only have so long to talk to you unfortunately i'd love to talk to you a great deal longer but i'll just remind uh, listeners about the name of the pack which is the spirit of nature oracle Ancient Wisdom from the Green Man and the Celtic Ogum or Ogum Tree Alphabet by John Matthews. And John, it's been amazing. And I guess you can get those at Amazon from Edison, oh, obviously. I, I think they're generally available, as they say, in all good bookstores yeah, exactly. or on Amazon. <laughs> and via, via your website, probably, or what is your website? Yes, the website also has, we also have copies. And if you want a signed one or a personally inscribed one, then get in touch and we can arrange that for you. Brilliant. What is your website, just so people know? It's HalloQuest, that's one word, H-A-L-L-O-W-Q-U-E-S-T dot org dot UK. Fantastic. Well worth a visit. And so thank you so much, John. And um, thank you. Yeah, and good luck with the, with the pack. Okay, thank yes. you, Neil. Talk Cheers. to you again. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.